Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Yo, senders, welcome back to another episode of the segment podcast. This is episode 96 with special guest Miles White. Now, Miles is the owner of a company called Mullet Bikes as well as Miles Wide Products. This story starts in urban, urban New York, like in the jungle of concrete jungles and makes its way over to Colorado and then slowly spills its way across the United States with his products and now his bikes. Before we jump into Miles' story, I do want to say if you have kiddos around, this episode specifically does have adult content, adult humor, and adult language. So uh, please be, <laughs> please keep that in mind as we get into this. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy his story. Also, special thank you going out to the supporters of the segment podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you so much to YT Industries. Thank you to Tasco MTB. Dianese, and thank you to Spy Optic. If you get a chance, take a look at the description. There are links below that will help you save a dollar or two for uh, products you may already be purchasing, and it will help out this channel. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Miles Y. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hey, we are live, Joey Yates, on this Thursday evening. What's happening, brother? Oh, I see, I see, I see Joey's lips are moving, <laughs> but Joey's on pause. <laughs> You're on mute, Joey. Sorry, I was uh. Tony, the outsider's live right now. So I was busy watching Tony, his podcast. You're, you're streaming Tony's show. <laughs> What's uh, Tony talking about? <laughs> he's in Joshua Tree right now. Dude, lots of good I things happen. B1 Biker's live too. Whoa, all the podcasters are live tonight. What is happening? Oh my gosh, what a great show. This oh. is going to be fun. We're, we are, everyone's like, Everyone's hitting the YouTubes and the Facebooks tonight. And man, we have a full audience already, Joey. As always, the whole shot award is going out to Burrell Bikes out of, out of Idaho. He says, I'm at my kids' band concert. I'll tune in as it is over. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Ace, for jumping on. Nice. MTB Nick, what's up, buddy? He says, is this live? Oh, yes, we are live. We are live. MTB Nick holding down Holder Crooks out there. Who else is in here? MTB Tank made it. What's up, Tank? Good to see you, brother. Uh, we got MTB Kaz in the audience. Photographer Kaz, man. Always good to see Kaz. We got Steph Bautista on the line. What's up, Steph? Good to see you. I hope everything's going well with the wife's pregnancy. Um, Riding Dirty is in here from Arizona. What's up, Eric? Congratulations on that new Izzo you got, sir. You racing this weekend? Yeah, Eric, are you racing this weekend? Are you going to the OTH over the hump? Lots of races going on this weekend. They're kicking it off. He's got the Panda Bear right there for the unspoken brand. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Octodad. Oh yeah. We got uh, the other side of the globe tuning in. This is, this is so good. Always good to see you Octodad in New Zealand, man. I just love that MTV Nick 316. <laughs> What's up, Joey folks. We got a great show for you tonight. Um, basically miles wide is a mountain biker. Who's been in this business, in the industry, in the stoke, in the passion, the love of the sport for years. And we are able to get him on the show. He's responsible for creating sick products that we all can use out there when we're on the trails and on the bikes. Also has a sick lineup of bikes called Mullet Cycles. And you guys got to check these out because the geometry on these bikes are really legit. And he's got a great story to share about it. And I can't wait to introduce him to you. Before we jump into the show, a couple little quick things. There is an SSB kilowatt race this Saturday, the 28th. At uh, in Orange County, if you guys want to sign up for that, go to Over the Hump O T H or RaceOC.com. Sign up for the race. If you're an adult, it's thirty-five dollars to race. You don't have to be an e-biker because there are analog bike races that day, and they also have kids races that day. It's a family day out there, and uh, man, Joey, the kids races are only fifteen bucks. That's not bad at all, and the kids love it. Like they doesn't matter. They just have so much fun, you know, being in a pack of other kids and yeah i yeah. love races yeah it's so fun they got disney artists that are going to be out there for free kids painting oh, nice. they got rock climbing walls jump houses it's going to be a blast and uh i'll be out there oh what's this what? messiah hill what? he says what's up messiah hill is going to be on the races i just entured him into the nice. son you're racing this weekend <laughs> he's in the 11 year old category for him this weekend <laughs> yep yep he's racing he's wow. racing oh uh, we got debbie keo producer devs on the line too says let's get this party started heck yeah for sure anything else joey that we need to introduce to uh, the audience before we kick it off tonight no no i think we're good i was uh taking a look at these bikes that we're about to learn about and wow art they just like i want to just hang it on my wall things beautiful yes i know show and all about this bike yes me too so if you guys uh, a little riddle what is tiffany's geometry mullet and sick products all have in common well it's our guest tonight oh. miles wide yes joey i do have one thing i want to thank all the trail builders it's been raining in socal yes. non-stop and last weekend you guys have done an amazing job like just unbelievable definitely and we were just out at uh greer and it just oh it's, it's awesome but i've been seeing photos of san clemente and ted's and it all looks great so thank you yes thank you trail builders and amazing hard work going on out there and the trails are just oh my gosh Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing amazing we spent over an hour just on lower overdrive which who would have thought right you know yes lapping that place over and over and over again great shout out joey debbie says shout out and thank you to the trail builders heck heck yeah all right speaking of important people in the bike industry here comes somebody who's been in here for a long time his name is miles wide and uh he also plays poker i learned a lot of good things about this guy and we're bringing him on the show right now here he comes hello miles hey, what up? <laughs> what's <laughs> up brother good to see you man yeah good to see you guys everybody watching what up miles you are broadcasting from alabama alabama yeah i'm in huntsville uh 
it's 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 a pretty big up and coming mountain bike scene out here i kind of want to be here at the beginning the early stages and uh yeah there's there's a bunch of cool stuff going on out here i know people are like because i've lived kind of like all over the country where there's just hot spots of trails and people are like well alabama why'd you move to alabama <laughs> and uh it's pretty rad uh there's a bunch of cool stuff just they're building so much stuff. There's Montesano, uh, Ride BHM, um, Oak Mountain, uh, Jared's place isn't too far. So the trails Sick. aren't too crowded, but they're pretty rad. So and that's Sick. what I like. Yeah. Sick. And for those of you who are getting to know Miles on the show today, him living in Alabama, he basically goes wherever the stoke is. So he'll be in a spot for what, Miles, like a couple years, and then you move on to the next hot spot yeah yeah usually like my limits like has been three years um so like you know i lived in Asheville, north carolina from like 2013 to 2016 then moved to manitou springs colorado which is just outside colorado springs um then moved to uh was there till like 2020 the pandemic um then moved to tucson uh rode all the trails in arizona and then moved to idaho and rode all the awesome trails in idaho and eastern oregon out to bend and then um yeah and decided to move back east when i move it's got to be a complete opposite like it can't just be idaho then montana or colorado then utah because most of the landscapes kind of similar obviously unless if you go to southern utah but there's not much to do in southern utah so um yeah, so it's so Alabama is complete opposite of Idaho, and Tucson is a complete opposite of Colorado, and Colorado is <laughs> a complete opposite of Asheville. So it just kind of works, you know. I get bored, <laughs> and then I ride all the trails, and then I go, um, I go someplace different. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, um, Marty Octodad out of New Zealand is asking, what terrain is in Alabama? Um, it's rocky uh it's rocky slow steep and tech Ooh. so you get like old granite slippery rocks lots of big chunky slippery roots almost Ooh. like imagine like riding down a rocky hiking trail um then obviously you got the bike parks and the dirt's a lot like red clay so it's super easy to mold so the jumps that they're creating out like at ride bhm is like freaking primo nice. um yeah the work that they're doing out there is like it's pretty phenomenal too um but yeah i'd say it's it's wet um because we get a lot of rain because we're not too far from the gulf of mexico um so you know but it, it's rocky and it's steep and it's tech Damn. and where idaho is just at least where i was in boise southern idaho it's super smooth like they actually bring in rocks for rock gardens like they mail in their well, I don't know, they don't mail them in but like the rock gardens are man-made because there aren't any uh yeah. <laughs> so i got bored of the smooth fast ripping single track as as odd as that sounds but you know you do something more than like a dozen times you know ride the same trail like you know two dozen times it's like ah you know i need something different so i need some leaves um so yeah 
but you know, it's all good. All mountain biking's good, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just able to do, you know, get a taste of everything doing what I do, which is, and, is beautiful. That's and how long? How long have you been doing this, Miles? You've been tasting different areas, different trail systems for a while. Shit. When did this all start? Yeah, uh, 1997. I, I I'm from New York, so like you know the urban area of new york so and i was a bit of a skater wearing the jenko jeans fucking right yes, like, you know yeah. uh yeah and i'll go to the brooklyn banks like mtv sports did a special on the brooklyn banks back in the day um and uh i was kind of hanging out with you know the tough crowd so to speak so my one of my good buddies is my skating buddy um his older brother was a bit of a geek, but that's aside the point. Uh, <laughs> he, he was into mountain biking, which I didn't know what it was. But my my friend's parents and my parents were talking because they didn't want me to hang around the city during the summer. So I was getting older, you know, I was about to hit my teenage years. And um, I kind of want a BMX bike because I want to get into BMX street. But uh, this way I'd be able to ride to the you know, spots quicker instead of skate because yeah. the roads back then were pretty gnarly. So we'd have to walk a lot, you know, on the sidewalks of the street. You just could, you know, unless there are rails around, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, they got me a mountain bike and they're, they, well, they were like, hey, you want to do this mountain? And I was like, what's a mountain bike? You know, and like those, we ended up like going to Florida, visit my grandparents. And this was like in the winter. Um, and there was like a magazine that said mountain bike on it and it looked it was like a trek y frame i don't know i think it was like a y33 or something um i'll never forget it was like gray and purple that's what i remember and it looked like a motorcycle without a motor and i was like whoa like i feel to <laughs> I ride anywhere with this thing uh so um yeah, obviously that bike was way out of the budget. Jinko um, <laughs> yeah, pants for the win. Getting, uh, my parents got me for my birthday. I had to do like good grades, but I was like, I read the magazine on the airplane, like all the way through the pages. And I was wow. like, Whoa, this is a whole sport. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I was like, oh, I want to do this. And they were like, I will do the grades and don't hang out with the bad kids. Don't, don't go out biking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, got me like a Gary Fisher Kai Tai uh, with and had like um, I had a Manitou spider fork on it. So that's like before that's while it was still elastomers before it, it got all, you know, air and lots of oil and stuff. It was just like basically two rubber plugs. And that's where your travel was. It was <laughs> like was a 80 mil fork, oh, oh, no, 70, 75 mil. And uh yeah, you know, 24 speed, triple chain, triple chain ring in the front. And I, <laughs> they shipped me out to Colorado, you know, this, this wow. mountain bike camp called the biking expedition. And it was like 12 kids all from like 13 to 15 from all over the country. And, uh, we just traveled Colorado for like two weeks, camped out, biked all the trails. And for me, it was like, I, the only mountain bike I did was like in central park. So <laughs> everybody on the trip you know because i was like i'm from fucking new york you know like they're like oh this guy's gonna slow us down you know <laughs> from like colorado california and i was like nah i was like yo I'm, i'll be able to hang to work i remember we did our first drill and i was like 
you know, I've spent my whole life at zero feet altitude. So going up, I think we went to, uh, we landed in Del Denver, went to Silverton, which is pretty high up. And like the, the, after, you know, we got picked up at the airport, we drove to Silverton and it was dark. So I really couldn't see anything, but I'll never forget. Like the next morning I, we stayed at like some youth hostel place and it was just like, mountains like wow. that you'd only see in the magazines you know yeah. this is like before internet so you know it's not like you can google mountains you know like i saw yeah. this in like my school book you know and like and in magazines in the bike magazines that i got so uh i was like holy crap i'm here <laughs> and i was just so stoked so ready to ride so we did this ride and oh my i mean i was huffing and puffing but just like i had you know, I was 13, so I had so much adrenaline. I was like, this is great. And then I got horrible altitude sickness. Oh, no. And That's I was the on worst. duty that night. So, oh, like, no. they were, all the kids thought, like, I was, like, whipping out, not trying to do cooking duty. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was just <laughs> nauseous, you know. Like, the counselors <laughs> didn't tell me I had altitude sickness. They were just like, oh, you probably just rode too hard. And I was like throwing up everywhere. But when I threw up, they're like, the kids were like, oh no, he's really sick. Yeah. You know? Hope he didn't get like, it in the food. <laughs> they're like, he's got a problem, you know? And like, I just slept in my bunk bed in like the sleeping bag, just like shaking oh, and man. throwing up. And I was like, oh, what no. did I do? You know, oh, why did man. I do this? And like, I remember just thinking about riding that day was making me throw up, just like <laughs> shaking, just like Jesus. <laughs> anyway you know next day i feel better and like the stoke came back and i was like where, where are we going today i was like let's go check out a bike shop and shit like that so, so funny good. story on my bike my fork actually the elastomers froze on the airplane oh. um and they cracked so i didn't oh, have any travel um, <laughs> so i was basically riding a rigid like i'm like <laughs> So I'm like, I mean, if I go on it today with my bike, I'd be like, this shit's fucking hard. You know? <laughs> Some them, you know, you didn't know the best bike was, you know, the one you rode, so to speak. Yeah. You know, some dude had some spinner G wheels. He had like a GT. But like everybody, I had like, they were all hardtails um, at that year. And um, or one. I, yeah, no, they're all hardtails that year. And we all had like 80 mils of travel because that was like the most travel you can get back then. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when the Judy 100 came out, like in 2001 or something. That was like such a huge deal because it was like, whoa, look at all, look that at all this travel. I mean, it was just yeah. 100 mils, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I digress off of that. Um, no. So that got you stoked on the sport. They're like, was that like the what bought you in? Yeah, it like it got me so good. Like, I, I mean. I've never been camping before, you know, I never been like really like the woods before. So like, this was just like, wow, you know, like you people live out here and they do this all the time. It was just like, wow. the magazines were true. It was just yeah. like, it was an overload. So when I came back home, I was like, I got to work at a bike because half the shit on my bike broke. So I, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to get some new stuff. So um, went to the bike shop. And because I was like under 16 and New York was really strict about like employment, uh, like child labor and stuff. 
So um, I worked there. I was like, they're like, we can't hire you. I was like, I'll work here for free. I'll sweep your floors. I'll do whatever you want. Um, Just teach me all this stuff about bikes, how to fix bikes. Um, I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll come in whenever my mom's able to drop me off, you know, and they close like at eight and, you know, I get out of school like at three 30. And, um, I was like, you know, use the language that I knew now. I was just like, make me your whipping boy, you know? And I was like, I'll do everything. And so that's what I did. I, I, I worked at that shop from when I was 13 till I was 26. And, um, you know, while I I worked there, you know, I mean, God, at one point, I mean, I ended up being a counselor for those bike trips. So every summer, you know, I continue going up. I broke my collarbone and both my wrists racing in a Norbis series in uh, Deer Valley, Utah, two years afterwards, because like one trip, we were just like focused on following the Norbis series out west. So I was racing as a junior. But yeah, I I was on a Gary Fisher level Betty when that happened and I had a dual crown Judy XL fork with V brakes. And again, 80 mil, 80 mils of travel for a dual crown (laughs) fork, you know, with some Um, V brakes. (laughs) Yeah. Like what the hell? Um, yeah, I bottomed out. And back then when you bottom out, you get launched into the stratosphere. So like I hit a water bar. Uh, must have been doing about like 30 because it was at the end of the race and a lot of the races back then like at, at least at the end were on fire roads and um i hit a water bar and i remember i saw it coming and like by the time i was like oh god it was too late <laughs> and i hit it and boom like catapulted and i remember oh, being upside down gosh and like there was this book back then like how to mountain bike 101 and one of the things they taught you a high speed end over is you're supposed to flip your hands up and like tuck your head. I <laughs> basically tuck your head in between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> That's so, the same thing was, on airplanes. I right? coming and I was like, oh my God, I'm going way too fast to be going over the bars. <laughs> and then bam, you know, I had like a Sean Palmer special edition helmet. Oh, I think they just continued hey. that helmet after the crash. It like, like, specialized. <laughs> I was concussed, like I was jacked up. Um, so then I had to get sent home to New York. Which oh sucked. no! Uh, yeah, it was the end of the bike trip for me. Oh um, man! So, but yeah, while I was working there, you know, my parents were like, "Well, you, you know, you're not going to be able to make a living off being a bike racer." And they're like, "Even if you can, you know, there's like a timeline for that, you know." So after you don't, then what are you going to do, you know? And they looked at me because I crashed a bunch, and they're like. You're going to be a cripple. You're not even going to be able to work. <laughs> oh, so no. um, that's how like the jewelry started get because like I took a class at FIT really to try to get some girls. <laughs> for those that don't know, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, it's like 95 percent hot women. <laughs> not a bad so place I was like, to I'll be. I'll go here. Uh, and I took a jewelry course because I was like, yeah, there's definitely going to be some hot chicks in that class. (laughs) And I ended up just being like a natural. And the professor was like, you're really good. You know, like a lot of it was math and angles because this is before CAD and like jewelry had to be like symmetrically perfect and you do it in wax and you'd have to make like all these different cuts in the wax before you'd start drilling and filing. And I would just like, because I didn't care, you know, I was just there for the broads. 
So mm. I would just like start no pressure. Would, like fuck all the angles and I would just start <laughs> drilling fucking holes and making pendants. <laughs> and uh I was really good, you know, which I didn't know, you know, with fastest on my stuff and she was like, This is amazing, you know. She was like, I'm gonna um I'm gonna speak to some people and you probably be able to start like designing like for them right away, they'll get your contract. Wow. Little did I know, money you know, yeah. yeah, she had some serious connections. Um, and uh, I remember she was like, I have some stuff lined up for you, I need you to come out with your own line, uh, like create a full line. And so I named that line Milestones, which I thought was a genius name, nice, uh, being the name Miles. And nice. it was going to be most like what, what it turned out as good was rings, specifically wedding bands and engagement rings um and uh yeah so i ended up getting a contract uh for tiffany's and then sell my stuff in bergdorf's yeah so i was making wow. like pretty good dough um and then uh yeah so i was doing that and um this was like when i was like i don't know uh, 18 till i was about like 23 um and then in 2008 the market crashed and a lot of my stuff was really expensive like really expensive uh yeah i was doing mostly platinum and white gold pink gold Jeez. stuff so um Your i got set laid off. Sick, sick that year <laughs> yeah it was a bad year for a lot of people so much so that it ended up leading me into my next industry because like i was hanging out with my buddies who, who worked in the finance district and of course they got laid off and we we're just hanging out drinking before we we're going to go out clubbing. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing all day? And they were like, Oh, just jerking off. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was like, what lube are you guys using? And they were like fucking Astro Glide. And I was like, that's just sucks. And I was like, you know, if you go to the adult store, get some real lube. And they're like, cause it's like weird going in there. And like Dwayne Reed just got, you know, Astro Chaos. That's just what we get. You know, why are you asking these questions? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we're all guys just being a bunch of dudes. And uh, I remember I was like, like that whole night I was just thinking like, the, the CVS, Dwayne Reed, uh, Walgreens, like these are big places. And everybody goes there, like normal people. And all they got is KY and Astroglide. I was like, that's whack. And I was like, both of the, I was like, Astro's in a purple bottle. It's embarrassing to have on your table. And KY <laughs> looks like toothpaste. And like that lube is, feels like hair gel and it boogers up like stuff's gross. <laughs> so I was like, Axe had come out around that time. And they're doing like basically repackaging shampoo into a black bottle. And I was like, that's what we need for lube. I was just like, except I'll make good lube, which I didn't know how. Um, so I ended up, so I was still working at the bike shop, mind you, like two days a week. Oh, the whole time. Okay. The whole time. Even when I was doing jewelry, because it was just me and the owner at that point. Like when my younger years, throughout my teenage years, like it was me and another guy, which is how, so this is probably around the same week of this lube idea and i'm in the bike shop and my and bob my boss started carrying this stuff called butt chamois and it was in this like white tube <laughs> oh, yeah okay. and at that 
time his logo, because now you see butt chamois everywhere, chamois cream. It's in a purple bottle. And so his, his colors always stay the same, but his logo has changed. At that time, it was like a butt imprint. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Bob, what are you carrying from like anal lube over here? And, and Scott, who was like recently divorced, he was our other mechanic besides me. And it was Bob, the owner. Scott was like, no, he's like, it's masturbation cream. <laughs> and Bob's like, no, 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 it's for chafing. It's for chafing. And like, I was, you know, I was like, what's yeah. chafing? You know, it's like, well, when you get older, you'll find out. But it's for when you wear spandex shorts so your skin doesn't peel off. And I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. And Scott was like, yeah, but take a bottle home and, and beat one off with it. He's like, you're going to love it. And I was, like eight dollars for a bottle of course you know being at the bike shop i got it for free but i was like yeah i'll try the shit you know like fuck yeah you know, maybe come out with loop right so, um, product, product testing yeah 101 <laughs> right there out of the shop so <laughs> i tried that stuff and it was just like lubriderm you know i was like ah whatever but it was like better than ky or astroglide for me at least you know whatever uh <laughs> i was like stuff's not so bad <laughs> I was like, I could see what Scott was saying. Um, so, like, that week, I was, like, kind of talking with Scott and Bob. I was like, you know, you could only get, like, Astroglide and KY at, like, well, and they were, you know, and Scott was like, I don't know. He's like, I've been using the butt chamois cream. Bob's like, <laughs> what are you trying to say? And I was like, I don't know. What if I can, like, call up the owner of this company and be like, hey, can I buy your cream and put it, like, in a masturbation bottle? You know? And they were all laughing. They thought it was great. And for me, like. I'll do you, it. Yeah. They were, for me, humor was kind of, like, half of it, you know? Right. I was like, this show would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I go to, like, the AVN Awards, whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I ended up calling him up. And I was like, uh, I mean, he's got, he's, if he sees this, he's going to get so pissed sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, and sure enough, the owner, I don't know if I want to say his name, but picks up the phone. He's like, hello, Paceline Products. And I'm like, I'm looking for Steve. And he's like, this is him. And I'm like, um, yeah, you know, work at a bike shop and we have your chamois cream and a couple of the guys that kind of use it for something else. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, we use it to jerk off with. And he starts laughing. He's like, a bunch of my guys in the warehouse use it for the same thing. And I'm like, my point exactly. I want to buy your cream and put it in a black bottle and give it a cool name. And I'm going to get this into CBS. And he was like, okay uh yeah he was like do you have a bottle and i was like well no he's like do you have a name and i was like no 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 i was like first i was seeing if i can get the lube you know because otherwise i'm just you know pounding sand right nothing and, to put it um in. so he's like all right we'll go get a bottle and i'll send it to my lab see if we can fill it and then it was like from there it was like whoa this can happen and um yeah basically like I gave it the name firsthand, which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like the name of the company was Mr. Bader LLC. <laughs> you know, she's also like really good name. Uh, and like, he helped me a bunch, you know, use his lab to fill it, label it, put me in touch with his label person. And like six months from the idea, like the idea was like, 
middle of October, because like the market crashed September, it was like middle of October. I did the A and E Expo. Well, I launched in April and started advertising like on Pornhub and Keys and X Hamster. Sorry, this is like X-rated stuff. I don't know if there are any kids watching, but if you are, I want to check out those sites. Not yet, at least. You the know, most people we've had on this show ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some hair in your chest first. You We're know? talking about seed money. This is how the seed money This became. is seed money. You know, this is what, you know, kind of planted the seeds for everything. Literally, uh, <laughs> but impregnated the bigger business. Uh, but now that business actually ended up being really good. Um, that whole adult industry is very different from the bicycle industry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even expecting on going on this route, but like, you know, you open up the can and I just ran. So you got to be careful. Spokesman uh, says, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Kate says Richard Handler. It's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, so like in June, I did the A and E Expo, and like everybody in the adult industry, like they saw me as like this young kid. I was like twenty two or like twenty three, and uh, they were just like, "This is." They were like, "Look at this young kid," you know, like he's. Because everybody in the adult industry is pretty old. Like, they're pretty, like, sketchy looking, you know? <laughs> um, imagine, like, Ron Jeremy, but, like, everywhere, <laughs> you know? Like, all the adult shop owners were, like, exactly how you imagined it to be. Mind you, this was, like, 2009, 2010. So, obviously, the industry has changed, you know? It's, like, it's pretty PC now. But uh, it was pretty gross back then. But they were all supportive. And they were like, this is great. You know, we love your packaging. We love your bottle. And your cream is great. And then, like, the CBS buyer came around. You know, everyone's got their tags. And I was like, oh, that's who I want to speak to. You know? So yeah, like, right. Come, 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 come. come. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is the stuff that you need. Because I'm like, this is the re you're the reason why I'm here, I told him. I'm like, I got friends market. going into your stores. They're having to buy junk. And I'm like, and this stuff is good. And it's it's marketed towards men, you know? And, and like, there's a lot of men that are jerking off with your lube that you sell, and it's no good. So, um, freaking, like, a month after the show, I got into CBS. No way. And that was just, like, yeah, that was, like, holy smoke. So, with, with it was just, like, almost a year from, the from like, conception. <laughs> So like execution till, 12 months yeah, yeah oh. it basically took a year and then i was doing i was getting to adam and eve all the adult stores was going to all the porn parties had a bunch of fun um and uh ended up selling the formula to a medical supply company that puts it on catheters Jeez. Yeah. So your demographic your market just even blew up even more oh uh, well well i mean once once they bought it, I mean, it was actually a medical supply company in India because I started getting into convenience stores. It's like a whole nother topic, I guess. But basically, yeah, they were like, we want this. Our catheters don't have lube and your formula is perfect and we want to buy it from you. It's not like I signed like a non-compete clause because I wasn't going to make catheters. I mean, I was like 25, so I was like you know all Let's right that number yeah. Let's sign it. yeah and uh 
I was still working at the bike shop. Um, no, it's nothing like slick. No. <laughs> well, well, with honey. CVS, actually, I'm missing this. I'm skipping this part. So they wanted it in order to put in their stores. It had to be condom friendly. Um, which the cream says don't spread on a bagel. <laughs> yeah, the chamois cream was oil based, so it's degrading condoms. And they're like, you oh. gotta make this stuff safe with condoms. So I called. They, you know, Steve, and I was like, I, all right, you know, it's time for the big leagues now. I, you know, I have to speak to your lab because we got to make a whole new formula. And um, ended up being a hybrid formula. So it was water and silicone based and it was okay. carbon free, glycerin free. It was like, and at that time, no one was making like carbon free lubricant. So, and it was pH balanced for women, you know, it was a pH at 5.8 where like the average pH level for women is like 5.7 to 5.9. So it was like, Right in there. Right in there. I know TMI, but just whatever, you know, let me rant it out. And um, yeah, so it ended up being really good lube. Uh, he paused. <laughs> oh, no. Are so we, are we being trolled? <laughs> no, I mean, I think what's cool about this story, obviously, um, for the kids out there that are listening, you know, um, the business aspect of this podcast is is neat in the sense of he thought of an idea, saw a need, and executed on it. Twelve months later, he's building seed money, which we're going to get into about uh, the products that he brings to the bike industry. <laughs> that's, that's right there, that's it. <laughs> Interview one spokesman, dude, that's so funny. Nick is saying, "What happened?" Yeah, we're like. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. oh this is oh, so fun oh he's got okay he's gonna he's gonna come he's gonna come back in let me send him another i don't know the, the chat i was like, <laughs> I was like what, just <laughs> what just happened <laughs> mtv to loop <laughs> eric we went from bikes to loop <laughs> SSB loop. You guys are killing it tonight. Oh my gosh, you guys riding dirty is just oh, crack man. it up. MTV yeah. Nick crack it up. Yeah, we were having oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting back on right now, guys. So <laughs> MTV Mini Bomber Matthew. <laughs> You're gonna have to hang in there, brother. This is seed money on how he gets to um how he gets to these awesome bikes we're talking about in these products. He was actually just uh, talking with, I believe he was saying backstage Seth with, I'm assuming he was talking about Seth bike hacks oh, Seth, yeah, awesome. or a, a multi-tool use. So we're going to have to now, see now we know what's up. what that looks like. <laughs> Burrell bike says, I actually wrote Miles script to, <laughs> to, to, for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Christian. <laughs> Here he is. He's back. All right, yo, Miles, dude. I, I thought I got. I thought I got. Uh, yeah, I thought I got kicked <laughs> off there. That's no. an awesome body. Um, no, you're doing good, but we're in the seed money part, so we're we're raising the money now to get towards. Uh, yeah, to get towards the bigger stuff. Well, so I'm working at the bike shop still. Like even when I got this into like CVS, because scott wanted would you want to hear about all the crazy stories that were happening and stuff? you know i just like i still i still mountain bike this entire time this yeah. is like my my mom told me you know stick with what you're good at and for me it was riding things 
<laughs> and so you know whether it's bikes or other things that's you know <laughs> lube is great um so we actually we got a guy that came into the shop who's a bit of a regular he had like a ridiculous i think it was like a madone s works and he worked at blackstone which is like a big uh investment company in in manhattan and they had like a bicycle race team I guess oh, just side note. Yeah, so he would come into the shop and I'd work on his bike. Excuse me, I'm hiccuping. And uh, he had heard. Well, I guess like Bob, my my boss at the shop, told him that I did the lube and all this funny stuff. And he, <laughs> and he was like, "I got a genius product for you to make." And I was, and you know, I was like, "Sure, you know, I can make stuff." You know, yeah. I did it once. Like, what you got? And so, you know, we signed non-disclosure and um, we we went out, uh, we went out, you know, to like this burger joint and signed the stuff. And he drew out on a napkin this pack and he was like, this is what we need to make. And it was like basically a rectangle looking pack. Okay. And he was like, right now, like. He, he was like, do you road bike? And I was like, I don't road bike. I was like, that stuff's too dangerous. <laughs> you know, I was like, you can't see the cars coming. And so, I mean, at least in New York, like in New York, it's dangerous to ride a bike um, on the road. So I was, I mean, I, I worked on people's bikes that like were dropped off by their widows, you know, and just Ooh. like, I don't know what to do with this. And like, Ooh. yeah. So it was just something like I had no interest, but anyway, he rode ride and like i said he had he had a team he was like all we use and all there's available are for our jersey pockets are ziploc bags he's like we put our tubes tire lever patch kit whatever we want to carry our phone in a ziploc bag and then we stuff it in our jersey pocket <clears throat> and i was like what about a seat bag and he looked at me he's like we ain't using Fred bags. And I was like what's a Fred bag and he was like a Fred bag is a saddle bag and i was like why you call it Fred that's a whole nother conversation. But um, <laughs> uh, basically, he was like, you have to understand that this would be a big market for, for – and I was – I honestly, I wasn't into it. I was like, this is kind of like lame, you know. Yeah. But what interests me was him. Like he was really smart and worked at Blackstone, and I was like yeah, – that was interesting to me. And he was like yeah. – yeah, he was successful, you know, and like success kind of wants to be around success sometimes, you know. It was just like someone that, you know, almost like another mentor because he was older than me. He was like in his uh, mid-40s at the time, and I was still like in my mid-20s. So, um, and he was like, uh, he was like, well, do you, you know, having the conversation, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, you know, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, he's like, trust me. We make these, we'll sell a lot of them. And uh, he was, and I was, he was like, um, what well, we're going to, he was like, I want you to come over to my apartment and we're going to sew up a couple. He used to do, um, he like lived in Hong Kong for a bit and worked at this clothing company. Oh, wow. so He had a bunch of like, so I go into it was ridiculous apartment, you know, I mean, of course, the guy's black stuff. So. But it was still to this day, it was like one of the sickest apartments I've ever been in. It was like three levels, massive flat on the first level with 
pool table, bar, and this huge, like, like pallets that were like beamed up with just fabric rolls of fabric. Whoa. Like as if it was like the garment district of New York city. And he had this old school, huge industrial sewing machine. And I was like, Whoa, this guy's not kidding. You know, <laughs> he wants to sew. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he taught me how to sew and, uh, you know, like I still got, Oh man, I should have, I should have, uh, I still have my first, my first, we ended up calling it the sticky pod. Okay. Um, and so, and it was basically like what he wanted. It was a neoprene bag. So it was soft, had a bunch of little pockets to hold your necessities and it slipped in any Jersey pocket. That was kind of like, that was it. And, wow. um, he's like, you know, you're, you're, you made friends with, uh, Paceline who sells the chamois. He's a, you know, they distribute other products. And I was like, yeah, he was like, so this is going to be, you know, sell it to him, basically. Yeah, use them as a distributor, right. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, ended up making a bunch, getting them out to him. I mean, it's not, you know, we had a simple, you know, one or two page website, um, you know, hooked up to PayPal. And it wasn't like, you know especially after what I did with first hand, like the first hand, I get so much orders. I had a warehouse distributor. So I would just email them the order. So I didn't have to ship the stuff because, you know, advertising on the sites and just, I was in like a thousand adult stores and like, you know, pharmacies. So it was too much to handle. So with the sticky pods, it was kind of like, I was, you know, maybe shipping like four or seven a month, you know, we sold them through the bike shop. Um, and Steve took them on, he bought like a hundred, you know, it took him like two months or three months to siphon through. I was like, this stuff's Mickey mouse, you know, I was like, yeah. ah, didn't more for the experience. Um, I had kind of like enough of New York cause like they were doing so much construction around LaGuardia airport. Um, so like getting to any trails, mountain bike trails, like I'll go out to Long Island or I'll go out to Cunningham and Queens, which is a good bike spot, or I go up to Spring Ridge. Um, and it was just such a pain. I was like, I was so sick of traffic that like, you know, it took me like two hours to get to the trailhead and like, not even like the trails were that like, wow, you know, compared to the stuff. Cause like I rode like porcupine rim when I was like 15 years old, you know, like on a Trek VRX 400. I mean like, you know, so like I, I, yeah. And like, I was at the point in my life, I was like, man, I could live anywhere. Like why am I in New York? So that's, you know, Bob, my, that shop that I worked at, he was getting ready to retire. He offered the shop to me and I was like, nah, I can't, you know, I was like, I wanted to get out of there. Yeah. I was like, I want to get out. (laughs) So, um, so that's when I moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And, uh, while I was living there, uh, Tyler Benedict, who owns bike rumor somehow got a hold of a sticky pod, did a review. And like, I would check the website cause like I ended up making like 3000. So like I had this, this inventory of pods that like I was sitting on at that point, probably for like, I don't know, it's probably like a year already. And, um, the motivation kind of dwindling on that. Yeah. Like I was, you know, like I made it. Okay. You know, he thought it was going to be some big deal on the, you know, it was just whatever. Um, 
it was more for the experience and I picked his brain a bunch just like about finance and stuff so that was good um and uh yeah so Tyler Benedict somehow got a you know I checked the website every so often maybe I'd have to ship like one sticky pod to like you know New Jersey or something you know like once a week and Tyler did a review on bike rumor and that review went up like in 2013 20, 2014 maybe um and well i mean you know i just checked my paypal and like there was like a couple grand in there and I, after just having like i don't know like 70 bucks like yeah, you know like, what the heck yeah i was yeah. like i literally said what the fuck <laughs> and my ex at the time came running out she was like is everything okay i was like Someone hacked my website, the Sticky Pod <laughs> site. Like, I don't know. I think they're embezzling money through there. Because <laughs> I was like, how'd this happen? You know, like, so I ended, I Googled Sticky Pod and, um, and like that bike rumor review was there, you know, oh. and, and he gave it like a great review. And I started getting emails from distributors in like Japan and the UK, Grief. Australia. They're like, we love the sticky pod. We want to carry it. What else do you make? Oh, man. And I was <laughs> like, oh, what else do I make? Just wait and see. <laughs> so that's kind of like, that was the start of the miles wide line. Um, I mean, before it was miles wide, like, I just like naming things and naming po uh, products. So, like, the next product I came out with, I was like, I had the lizard skin uh, brake lever grips back in the day, but like they sucked so, because they were neoprene. So the moment you get them wet, they would just be super slippery. But oh. like, but we did also in, in my shop, we sold hybrids. Um, we we sold like a specialized Cirrus and like the Trek 7500 FX, <clears throat> which are like high end hybrid bikes. And they had grips built into the brake lever. And like after building up the bike, those bikes, and like I grabbed, I'm like, man, these levers feel good. So I was like, I'm gonna make grips for brake levers, like actual grips. And so I named them Sticky Fingers. And so I had like my Sticky Pod website. Then I had a Sticky Finger website, like StickyFingers.com. I didn't think to like encapsulate them all into under one umbrella. <clears throat> I just like was just giving each product like their own unique kind of like story or name. Yeah, like they're um, their own entity. There you go, right there. Sticky yeah. fingers, always got it up. Yeah, so those are like, and that's the sticky pod to the left, you know. So like, I just drew out that frog with a, just a marker and stuff, you know, and then had it illustrated. But um, yeah, the those are version twos of the sticky fingers. Uh, version ones, I still have people asking me for them. I mean, we we're going back to like 2014 when I came out with those. Um, and, uh, yeah, those went like really good, you know, just all the distributors were all into that selling it. Um, I never really went out to try to get reviews for them. It was just like, here they are. I figured they would get picked up the same way the sticky pod got picked up and then get a review and like, boom, yeah. so to speak, which yeah. ended up happening with, uh, Seth and burn peak, but like way years later. Wow. Um, he got a pair 
uh, you know, and it was just like, whoa. <laughs> it went again. Was it yeah, the sticky pod? That- um, but yeah, so after the um, the sticky fingers, and this was like, I came out with all these products like in like from like 2014 to like 2015, at least like most of them. Wow. Um, I had a Fox Talus 180. Uh, and this is like 2000. It was like from that fork was from 2013. And um, it had such bad stiction. Like until like I was riding for about a mile, then it would start like feeling like butter. I mean, I would spit on the stanchions and like to just try to like grease them up. So it just didn't feel like crap. Start so rigid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, because it was a buttery fork, but it took a while to get buttered. So, um, I was, yeah, I was living in Asheville. I was like, I still had leftover. <laughs> so I was like, let me put some of my first tan on the stands and see what that's like. And it worked and it worked great. So I went, uh, yeah, I want to make sure that it was going to be safe and not like degrade my forks. And yeah. at that time you had, uh, this company called the suspension experts. They were in Asheville. Fox ended up buying them out because that was Fox. Now that's Fox, like East Coast, um, plant uh, service area. Gotcha. But it used to be the suspension experts, and they were like the suspension gurus, basically. Um, and the owner, who I became kind of friendly with, I was like, you know, check out this stuff. I was like, what do you think? <laughs> you know, he's like, give me a box <laughs> so I can give some to the boys, <laughs> you know, in case they want to use it for other stuff. Um, so I came back the following week and they're like, all right, well, it works, but it leaves a residue, which you really don't want because it's just going to suck more dirt and grease into the lower. Mm. So they're like, if you can create a formula <clears throat> that does what it's supposed to do, just lubricate the seals and not leave a residue, they're like, then you got something. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I just went into like a bunch of research on all different types of viscosities and weights and CSTs and um, got a formula and brought it back to the suspension experts and was like, all right, try this stuff out. And mind you, this stuff isn't safe for sex or jerking off or anything. This is last conversation. This is like new formula. Yeah. Yeah. New formula specific for suspension. And they're like, this stuff's fantastic. They're like, we're not going to sell it because one of our biggest repairs are like replacing fork seals. So they're like, but you should do good with this. So that was wet seal, um, which is, uh, yeah, that stuff right there. Yeah, he knows fast. Yeah, yeah, he's quick, quick on the draw. Uh, And there's my old palace fork right there. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I was, I became, pretty tight with this shop in Asheville, which is no longer there, uh, called Billy Go Bikes. And, uh, I was, I just went into the shop and I was like, what do you want me to make? <laughs> I literally asked him, I was like, what should I make? And he was like, well, dude, these, there's this mud guard called the Marsh Guard. And he's like, we want to carry him, but we're having to order them from the UK and they're so damn expensive. And they're like, oh, we're having yeah. Sell these for like thirty bucks for a piece of plastic, but people are buying them just to cover the shipping, probably. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the shipping was so expensive, and so he was like, "See if you can make this." And so, it being the Marsh Guard, which 
to me, like mudguard, like people really weren't throwing out the word mudguard yet. It was just like marsh guard or bike fender. So I named it the duck flap because it looked like a duck, you know, like a bill. bill. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. So I gave it some little eyes, you know, kind of like the no fear eyes, you know, I, like no fear back in the day. It was like this floating line. They had like yeah. pissed off eyes. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, that was like 2015 or yeah. And yeah, like it's at the end of 2014, 2015, I was making those. So it was like, I was, and then I was selling to like bike parks and everybody. So I was like, all right, it's time to do Interbike, you know, with all these products and put myself really out there because I'm like, yeah. this stuff's good, but it's just not getting like the recognition that I feel it, you know, like this stuff's good. Like these people should have this in shops. Um, so I did the Interbike. Ooh, the big um, show. <laughs> yeah, the big show. And that was kind of like, I don't know, you know, like it was my first time going there as like a vendor and it was different. Um, finish line came by my booth and jacked a bottle of wet seal. And uh, oh. yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, like my neighbor buddy was like, yo, finish line just came by and took a bottle. I think it was like the sea sucker guys. They was like their premiere. They're like revealing of their bike rack, <clears throat> which like sucks on windows. And they were like, yeah, the finish line just came by and just took took a bottle of that. Whoa. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, just let him get away. They were like, yeah, what do you want us to do? You know, like, I think <laughs> I, like, was grabbing food or was taking a piss. So, yeah, they ended up coming, you know, then, like, Stiction Lube all of a sudden became a thing. But, like, I was selling this stuff for, like, I did Interbike, yeah, like, September of 2015. So I was doing, like, the wet seal for, like, it's about like a full year, you know, um, and yeah. So anyway, I digress. Um, you shouldn't spray stuff anywhere near your fork, because if it gets on your rotors, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's gonna sound like a musical instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're just not gonna be able to break. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so that's why I like my bottles. I mean, now I use kind of like an e-juice bottle, but that bottle on the website had like a little glass pipette, so you can just go whoop around the seals. Um, <clears throat> then I ended up coming out with the bottle pod, which was like a bottle, which was like the sticky pod, except you could stick it in your water bottle cage, more for mountain bikers, or if you had two water bottle cages and you didn't know what to do with the other one, so you could use it as storage. Um then I came out with a product, which I took off, which I might put back on, called Pano Wraps. Okay. Uh, which were goggles that roll up and go into your pocket. This way, like, before you descend, you know, so if you want to climb up, this way your goggles don't get foggy. Um, yeah, that's the bottle pod there. Oh, wow. Um, Larry, look at that. It's got all the tools in it. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I just stuff it with whatever. But, you know, you can put anything you want in there. I'm out of stock on them, but, um, yeah, Christmas was good. Wow. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, some, some old school pictures right there. Uh, so, yeah, panel wraps aren't on the side, but they're basically goggles that roll up. So when you're about to go down, you can put them on. And because I wear contacts and, like, no matter what sunglasses, like, my contacts would pop out. 
Mm. I guess because because I ride so fast. What can I say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, but I didn't want to wear goggles or bring them because they're bulky, and then they would fog up on the climb. So this was like a roll-up goggle kind of thing. Um, I got like cool. some some hate for it. So like I was like, ah, screw it. Like I don't need to sell it. You know, like a lot of this stuff I just do for fun, and it's because I want it. You know, but like ah, if I'm gonna get hate, like like yeah. I could do anything. I don't need. I don't need to get the hate. So um, after that, uh, again, I went to Billy Go Bikes. My old buddy Matt Haynes and I was like, "Hey, what should I make next?" And he was like, "Dude, we're ordering." He's like, "We're ordering basically frame tape that they use for motocross bikes." And they're like, "You should. You should make this." He's like, "Cause no one makes frame protection." And like, oh, I was like, man. no way. And he was like, yeah, he's like, what a lot of guys are using are just buying helicopter tape. And I was like, really? And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's like genius. So um, I contacted like, which I didn't know. I was just like going to like the bowels of Google for like, for, uh, you know, film frame uh, protection film. You know, I was looking for stuff that they put on cars, just all sorts of stuff. I ended up getting the people that print decal, so you can print artwork on this stuff, which I just never did because, you know, I don't, I'm not into the kids' stuff. You know, printing patterns on the stuff to try to make my bike look different, like. But um, I mean, I could. I mean, I made checkered stuff anyway. So um, they make the uh, the decals for football helmets. So all the foot NFL helmets you see, it's actually a decal with artwork. Yeah, At the end of the yeah. game, they peel it off. A lot of people think there might be painted on, but they're not. It's it's, it's this company that does it. So um, so it's made in the USA. It's not 3M, which is great. So you can wow. this stuff you can remove. It'll never leave an adhesive residue. It doesn't yellow. Um, it's pressure sensitive, so it's really easy to get the air bubbles out. Um, so yeah, so I started doing that and. You know, as time went on, like I started getting into distributors like BTI, um, JMB, uh, uh, Olympic Supply Co., uh, KHS, you know, and, and then a bunch of international distributors. Um, so, yeah, you know, and then I came out with the fork cork, which is a plug for the bottom of your steerer tube. And uh, at that time, like, I would carry dubes with me and they'd always get crushed. So like <laughs> put them up there. Yeah, it was great. Cause they didn't get crushed. And when I drive across country, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about like, yeah, someone looking up my head tube. If I get pulled over, dude, I love this miles. You put dubes in there, but then on the marketing, it says it's perfect for genius name, genius name. <laughs> I'm actually right now I'm working on a couple of attachments for it. Um, I don't want to give too much stuff away, but they're pretty rad. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, if anything, it just keeps your steer tube dry, you know, unless you use a deity top cap, which have like holes in it. Cause then if it rains or whatever, water just seeps through, you know, it gets into your headset or if you got something inside your, 
steer a tube, it will get wet. I learned that the hard way, so I don't run D80 top caps anymore. <laughs> You're like, oh. no. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> horrible. Uh, yeah, it's funny. You get to the top of the climb, you just didn't see it. You're like, look what I got, boys. Some party favors. And then it's it's all uh, wet. You're like, dang, that's Yeah, I was like, oh, no. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, go back to the drawing board with that one. And I was like, no, it's the top cap. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, I came up with, like, a bunch of stuff along the way. Some stuff, like, I haven't come out with. Like, I've got a cleaner, which is just, like, I just haven't had time to, like, create a label and other stuff. Like, I've been back dabbling into some other industries as well. Um, so, yeah. But that's kind of, like, more or less the story of like the miles wide products, like how I got into it, why I got into it, how it started and how it expanded. Um, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Then like the cable buddies, like, yeah. Like my cables would just bang around and I'd always use zip ties. I mean, sometimes I'd use the S hooks, but they never stay on. Um, so like, I was like, there's gotta be a better way. So, uh, we designed me and this guy from my German distributor, Mountain Products. Um, he basically came yeah. up with this like yeah. design to hold the cables, but prevent them from touching, um, which was the big thing. So they wouldn't touch and they wouldn't mm. click because it would just drive me nuts. And like this is probably one of my favorite products. It's just like Super it's like it's. To me, it's a no-brainer. Like, you shouldn't be running zip ties with these. And then you can stack them and kind of, like, do different colors so it looks like Skittles. Um, yeah, they're pretty rad. I've got, like, more colors coming, but, you know, they just snap right on. And then, boom, it's done, you know. And your cables won't move. And also, like, helps route the cables in, like, a good direction that you'll want to go in. Yeah, uh, makes the cables look clean, Miles. I got a couple questions that came in uh, while you were while you were talking about that. I mean, so many products. One of the questions that I have is to go from idea to actual physical product. Yeah. How in the world did you? I mean, was yeah. it connections? What was that? How did you do it? Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> I will say going back to the first hand, the personal lubricant. Um, uh. Yeah, so going back to the personal lubricant, it was like that was kind of like Steve, the owner of Paceline. He was a bit of a mentor. Um, he 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 helped me understand the process. Like, okay, mm. bottle name, you know, bottle meaning packaging, okay. um, name branding, and then you need a website, and then you're going to need an LLC so you can file taxes and so you can protect yourself. In case someone uses this and their dick falls off, you right, know, right? You got some protection um, there. Yeah, like this way, they'll just take the money from the company. They're not going to go after your personal assets. Um, you're going to need a barcode, you know, so if stores carry it or distributors, so they can scan it. Um, he helped me with a lot of that stuff. As as far as like when I come out with some, you know, and then and then the other guy with the sticky pot teaching me how to sew. Um, teaching me about overseas markets and manufacturing, how to get into them. Um, you know, like I get a lot of emails and, you know, and I, and I respond to everybody, um, you know, I want to make this thing, you know, what do you think? 
most of the time, uh, you know, I play devil's advocate, you know, and it's for their best interest because what I did, it's not easy. I mean, after you do your first one, it becomes easy. I'm easier. You got the formula somewhat, somewhat kind of there, right? Right, right. You know, the first one's always going to be a learning experience. You come across problems that you may not have thought of. I mean, you know, like there was little for me, like the website, I remember for the first hand, it was such a pain in the butt, like finding the right website person. I got screwed so hard, like two times. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's, I mean, with anything, anything new that you're going to do, there's going to be a learning curve. But as far as like coming out with something, anybody can do it. It's really easy. One thing, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Alibaba. I mean, Alibaba steals ideas. So you got to be really careful with them because you can contact that manufacturer and say, oh, I got an idea for something. And they'll say like, all right, show me. And then you show them and then they'll just, they'll just steal it and you'll never hear from them again. Wow. Um, or sometimes you'll pay for a mold or you know, or a production or small, you know, MOQ, you know, minimum order quantity production, and then you just never get it. So I like to, you know, I never used Alibaba, you know, to, to make my stuff, but I have communicated with them. I know how it works. Um, If I were to recommend someone on how to do it, that would be your first learning experience is Alibaba because it's there you know and like not everybody on that site are criminals so i would reach out to like 10 of them um tell them your idea don't tell them your idea you know say i got a product i'm pretty sure i think you guys can make um what's like a minimum minimum order quantity you know like let's say you want to come out with a glove right so you google alibaba mtb gloves you get a fucking list of people, manufacturers that actually make the gloves. And you'll say, hey, I got a glove. I want to make my own design, my own label. What's the minimum order quantity? That's what you're going to want to ask. And then you kind of want to have like a back and forth conversation. And that's, you know, with emailing. Sometimes they'll have Skype or WhatsApp. That's even better because you'll just be able to communicate faster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and you just want to go back and forth with them a couple times. I wouldn't say not like dangling them on the hook, but seeing what their communications like, you know, and then like obviously doing some research on their company, say, hey, what's your website, stuff like that. You build a rapport, you build trust, not just like, hey, I'm going to make a thousand gloves and then I'm going to be out of there and be gone. You're never going to hear from me again, mm-hmm. because that's. What the manufacturers, if they are a real manufacturer, not going to be there to fuck you. That's their worst nightmare is to put all the work in. They make a thousand gloves, which to them is nothing. You know, a lot of the time. Yeah, Yeah, that's just like a sample run. Um, And then you go away, which is what most people that reach out to them. That's what happens Mm. um, because they're just not like an established brand or whatever. so kind of having a website and just showing that you are legit, you're a real person, you're going to take this seriously in your business, just building that trust back and forth. You got to trust them. They kind of have to trust you. And then anything's possible. I mean, wow. you know, it's not just China and Alibaba. You do have other countries. You got in, you know, you, Vietnam, you'll be able to find, you know, 
democratic country, so to speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, China's all right to work with. You know, it all depends on what you're making. If it's an inexpensive product that's going to have a low retail price, your best bet is to go overseas. Because if you try to make it here, it's just going to be too expensive. Expensive yeah. for the consumer. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, like going to sell a cheap pair of sunglasses and they're cheap, but they might have a cool design. But like you can't sell those sunglasses for 80 bucks because they're cheap. Or because you're a new brand and no one wants to invest 80 bucks because no, they haven't heard of it. So you want to sell those sunglasses for 20 bucks. If you do, you're not going to be able to make them here because they're going to cost you 30 to make. Right. Where over there, they might cost you like five bucks. Got um, it. For the minimum so that's order. kind of like a long answer to that question. No, but I, I hope it helped. You it know? helped a lot, man. I, I love it because I, that's what I saw when the manufacturer came to you and said, we love the sticky pod. What else do you got? It and started it just, with one. Right. It started with one, you know, and that's just that's just how it goes. Like the hardest part of, of making something your own, you know, making your coming out with a product is is like waking up the next day. And saying, all right, I'm going to do this, you know, because if you don't, then it turns to a week, then it turns to a month. And then to turn, it comes into like, oh, yeah, I had this idea for a product and someone else ended up making it. Yes, it becomes you a know? what if. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you literally have to get like almost angry, like pissed off that like, well, fuck, if I, if I don't make this, someone else is going to make it and I'm going to be pissed off yeah. for like a long time. Yeah. So I'm going to make it, you know, and you just get this like this fire that just lights up inside you. And you're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I want to do. And I can see it happening. I can see getting successful off of it and just like chasing that vision, which some people will call a dream. You know, like for me, like dreams are like dreams aren't reality. But like visions, you know, I, I feel like it's they can be real. So yeah, to speak. you can almost you know, touch those. I, right? I see this happening. Yes. You know, I don't see myself flying magically in the air, <laughs> you know, but I see myself getting successful off this idea, this little product that I have, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then like there's trademarks versus patents and all that stuff, which again, that's like a whole, a whole nother uh, can of wax, which is something I've learned, but you know, it's not like I learned it overnight. Like I learned it as I went on, you know, as I developed the businesses that I have and stuff like that. Man. So, and that's yeah. going to be, that's going to be a great segue into part two, everybody, because part two of this, uh, we're going to have miles back on and we're going to get into the other business of, mullet bikes the term yeah the whole thing and uh, here's a good transitional question coming out of new zealand they ask ask miles what he thinks about the zerod bikes from new zealand he's yeah zeroed. zeroed zeroed yeah um the owner of that company is actually he's a pretty clever guy from from what i understand it's just one dude um or at least like that's what it was like two years ago which to me is impressive whenever when it's whenever when it's like one dude who does it all to me that's like you know because it's tough because i've been there done that um there uh you know he's got he's got some interesting things going on he likes to do the um i believe like the internal gearbox 
which some people are a big fan fan of because it doesn't rip their derailleur off. Um, I know how to ride a bike and pick my line so my derailleur doesn't get ripped off. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's like this other company that I forgot what it is, like uh, um, Trinity or something, you know, and like he's got a gearbox on the bot. Like for me, like you got to understand, I've been mountain biking for fucking decades you know like i rode with tinker juarez when he was in the world cup i mean not rode with him like i saw him and then he was gone (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like uh cadell evans you know he was on the cannondale team with tinker then he ended up going tour de france and won the tour de france uh but like ned overland like i've been doing this like there's pictures of me on my site with like missy giovi when she was in her prime like racing in the world cup downhill um so, like, I've seen everything. I've seen all the snake oil. Like, to, there's pros and cons to everything. There's no perfect bike. You're going to have pros and cons. It's just, like, what's the, what's, what's the most pros, least cons? Anyway, I look at, like, the gearbox stuff. Like, I can break it. You know, I break shit. I've always had broke shit, which has been kind of my problem. Um uh, and there's nothing worse than breaking something when you're 20 miles out from a trailhead. Yes. And I mean, I'm a bike mechanic, but like, I don't know how to fix a gearbox. I mean, I mean, I guess that is somewhat new technology, you know, cause we, it's not like we had these comp, you know, like we had, we had like, um, internal gears, like in the hub, like, but they're so heavy, like no one want to run them. Um, so, yeah, like, I look at that stuff, and I'm just like, well, if I'm 20 miles out from the trailhead and something breaks, like, how am I going to get home? You know, at least if my derailleur does break, I'll take it off, and I'll put it around so I just got one gear. At least I'll be able to pedal. Um, you know, and then just having, like, uh, you know, just all my gears by my bottom bracket where I'm likely to have rocks smash stuff and just, like, if I case a clip, uh, a rock drop or something like this, it's just going to smash. Um, now, obviously, there are pros to it. You don't have a derailleur. But, like, derailleurs, they work, you know. And, like, if you have, if you design, which I believe I have, a solid derailleur hanger, like, you know, you're not going to worry about your derailleur bending off. Like, if you do smash something hard enough, yeah, your derailleur is just going to shear off. But again, at least you have one gear. Um, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, getting back to zero, I mean, it's impressive. You know, the guys I had out of, uh, I don't know if it's Australia or New Zealand. I, yeah, New Zealand. Or I think Australia or was Australia. But I mean, yeah, dude, that's it's impressive. Um, you know, it's not a bike for me. I mean, nobody was kind of making a bike for me, which is why I had to make it myself. Um, like, I can't do carbon because I break that shit, you know? Like, it's like there's no carbon on trophy trucks um, because, like, they're getting be- – I mean, you know, for, like, your average rider, yeah, it's probably all right. Or for your pro rider, um it's great because he'll get a new bike all the time and and you know don't get me wrong some people have had a carbon bike for a long time never had a problem never never broke it um you know most of the times when those bikes do break it's during a crash um so you know 
because the bike's just going wop, 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 yeah. and and then something snaps and you walk to your bike and you're like, oh no, <laughs> my oh, bike's not okay. <laughs> yeah, my bike's not okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, just with like scratches and stuff, like you know, so you know, and I know he does a lot of carbon. So you know, I'm sure. Look, I mean, there's so many different bikes because there's so many different people and people with great ideas. So, you know, so and people are so passionate about bikes because it, it's just such an endorphin release every single time you're done. And it just makes yes. you so happy. So and people good. are like, I, I want to do this for a living. Yeah, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And they do it. And it's like, you know, it's impressive. So, look, that might that bike might be great for some people, you know, Um but that's just my two cents. You know, it's just not a bike for me. No, um, but he's still a very impressive and smart guy. Um, I forgot his name, but yeah, you know, it's like to do that and think you're going to be able to compete with like the big box brand. It's like you do it because you're passionate, you know, not because you think you're going to get rich off of it because it's just there's just such a small percentage of folks that actually do. I mean, and the, the, the biggest thing is marketing. You got to have a marketing brush. You got to tell people this is the best, you know, you got to advertise on yeah. pink bike and vital and it's got to be in their face all the time. Yeah. They got to um, know it's available. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and you, you need money and that's like a whole nother side of passion. You know, you, you know, like, got to want to hire a bunch of people you know and like that's a whole job in itself so you know with zero it's like he's 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 carving his own line you know and respect hats off to him um you know and yeah it's, it's always it's always cool to see a different bike um so yeah you I know think, i think this would be a good spot in the show uh we got a we got to uh, put this one to a close, Miles, but we definitely want to have you back to talk about the next chapter. In Yes, the bikes. Yes. Yeah. Why I made them, what makes them so awesome. Oh, How come yeah. I don't release the geometry? Um, <laughs> what's the, the deal with the elevated chain stays? You know, <laughs> like, oh, dude, I'll get into it all. Um, because I know, you know, people have been listening. If they've been listening long the whole time, thumbs up. You know, I hope I was entertaining. Oh, absolutely, man. The seed money um, part was was the best by far. This is the most people we've ever had on the show. <laughs> it was awesome. Joey, um, if you if you can, just to close out for everybody, um, could we pull up one of the mullet bikes from um, Miles's website and show the folks? And Miles, maybe you could take us through just a, that tidbit because one of the things the – Yeah, just the tip. But that how the Tiffany's aspect kind of plays in because that's just the tip of the iceberg on the bike, and I oh uh, yeah 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 cool. yeah yeah so um yeah the uh, the head badges so I mean God like I was like I, like going back to it, like I've been I've been in the industry mountain biking everything like before the internet was here, you know? So like, never did I think I'd have my own bike company. It was just like, fuck no. And like, why would you want it? You know, like specialize and track. They make the best stuff. Like how do you think you're going to be able to make a better bike than them? Like, come on, you know? So when I finally got like the formula for, in my opinion, what was going to be something better, I was like, I got to go all the way. Every millimeter of this thing, 
not only has to be sex, because I know Americans buy with their eyes, or not American, men, men buy with their eyes, you know, yeah. if it's sexy, they're like, oh, I want it, <laughs> even though I might suck in bed, you know, the average, I don't want to just against girls <laughs> get myself in trouble. Um, but yeah, and then it, and it was obviously like it was going to have to ride like better. It was actually going to have to be better because I've ridden everything. Like, it, and that will that we'll get to that and why I did it. Um, but yeah, the head badges. So um, that was that was just it was a piece of it. I want to say that's the whole enchilada. But that was like just a step up the game from what anybody else can do. Um, was the head badge, yeah, and so Tiffany's really... <laughs> cast my head badges. So um, sick. So it's like you know they'll cast like the Super Bowl rings and like the Stanley Cup and stuff, and they make my head badges. So it's like can't, you know no one can mess with that. Like these head badges are look for me. It's cost right. I'm just paying for metal. And they're bronze, which is tin mixed with brass, basically. So it's not like a very expensive metal. Um, that that one's gold, but yeah, that's not the OE uh, badge. Um, I think I got some of the badges on the Instagram, which I really don't. You know, like I'm not interested in the marketing and like having to entertain people with pictures. It's like it's not why I did it. I did it so I can have my own bike. And just have it be the, the coolest and best bike that will never break, basically. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the head badges, they're, they're killer. Um, they're casted in New York City. Like, it's jewelry, you know? <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's another design, too, which is like, we call it like the rooster, which is blood, sweat, and tears. Um, I don't know if I got them, uh, you know. Websites, you know, I tried my best with it, you know, it's like, there's always stuff we could add. I've got to add my wheel sets to the site. Um, yeah, I've made my own wheel set as well, um, which Dang, is Miles. why I designed the Schrader, tubeless Schrader valves, because I think Presta valves are great for road bikes. But Oh, we lost them. <laughs> we lost them. That was that was a great segue though into the bikes and uh, folks that will be when we bring Miles back onto the show. We'll talk about uh, the mullet bikes, um, mullet cycle series. He's come, he's come back. Bandwidth is being exceeded, I guess. It, it's okay. It's okay. We're just wrapping it up, Miles. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. just saying this was a a great segue into the Miles into the mullet cycle read. Yeah, mullet cycles, yeah, mulletbike.com, mulletbicycle.com, you know. There I'll, I'll be able to reveal a bunch more on our next conversation, some stuff that you probably don't see on the site. People watching now if they want to ask questions, write down your questions and uh, next time I come on, I'll answer as many questions as I can. Um yeah, and we'll rock and roll, man. Yes, definitely you know? so. Happy man. trails. This has been so good. Bandwidth is bad in Alabama, Burrell Bike says. Well, the thing is, is I'm in Huntsville. They call it Rocket City. So you got like Raytheon, NASA is here. Um, there's Blue Origin. You got a lot of like basic missile defense and security stuff here. Like I can't fly my drone like in the neighborhood because like 
they'll oh. shut it down and fly it to their base and, <laughs> oh, and, and destroy. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the lube, of course, I got a bottle right here. The lube oh. is called First Hand. First Hand. Never leave home without it. <laughs> you can't get it anymore, um, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, look, if you send a message through my site, through uh, miles wide, yeah, I'll hook you up with a bottle. There you, you know? go. And it's, it's dang good lube. I ain't messing around. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, first hand was name. So, first um, hand. Yeah. Feel the difference firsthand, you know. <laughs> the it's seed like, money that started it all. Yep. Yeah. I, I love it. Senders, thank you so much. Trail Pimps saying, yeah. MTV Nick, great to see everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Miles Wide, owner of Mullet Cycles, as well as Miles Wide, the website. Check it out. Um, check him out on Instagram as well. And we'll have him back on to talk about the mullet bites. It's going to be good. Hope to see you guys soon. Miles, thank you for tuning in, man. Uh, no, man. Thanks for having me. I hope everyone enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a time waster or nothing like that. So. Oh, it was good, dude. It was good. All cool, right, senders. Cool. We'll see you guys out on the trails. Hope all is well. And uh, see you all very soon. See you at the top. Here we all go. Right, cool. Yo. Yeah, yeah, was that fun? Was that all right? Not too much cursing, I hope. Oh my gosh, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Miles Wide. And we will definitely continue our conversation with Miles as we get more into his mullet bikes, the secret geometry that he has, and things that he's done to his bikes to make the bikes geometrically fitting for today's type of riding. So hope you guys can join us when we get Miles back in on the podcast. But I hope you guys enjoyed that one. It was a wild roller coaster. I think at one point Joey and I thought we were being <laughs> thought we were being trolled. Uh, but hope you guys uh, had fun with it. Hope everyone's doing well out on the trails. And I always want to leave you with this. Remember, dream big. Those dreams, they do come to you specifically for a reason. So take those dreams, cut them up into smaller pieces, make those goals write those things down somewhere either in your phone on a piece of paper uh, but make them physical and uh, go out and achieve those little goals on the path to living out your dream all right everybody hope everyone's well and we'll see you all on the next episode